Free Podcasting is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia, and I'm here alone today. Janet is not with me, but I do have a very special guest, filmmaker Lucy Adams. Hi, Lucy. Hi. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, so um, full disclosure, I know your dad, and so we had heard that you had made a film, and it was playing in a competition in Calgary, and so I thought that was super cool, because... If it's okay, can I tell the people how old you are? Yeah. <laughs> You're 17, and this was two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's amazing. I, at the age of 15, I didn't even realize... I watched films, but I don't think I understood that filmmaking could be a profession. <laughs> so um, I think that's very cool. And the film in question, or the film I'm talking about, is called I Am Sitting in a White Room. It's a short film on 16 millimeter. Is that right? Yes. Okay, so first of all, that's very cool. I think it's amazing that you're working with actual celluloid, not digital. And I have a lot of questions about that. (laughs) So what what I found about the film is it's an experimental film using multiple in-camera techniques and hand processing to a poem written by you. That's right. I love it. Okay, so the poem, first of all, uh, was it something that you wrote for the film or it was a poem that you had already written in the past? Uh, I had written it a couple weeks before we shot the film um, and we were just kind of stuck for ideas when we were trying to brainstorm because it was a 48-hour challenge and I we wanted to do something experimental so I pulled out my journal and found that and everyone seemed to like it and have a vision of where we could go with it. Yeah, so the the poem itself is like really like you can really picture what's happening. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, mostly like mostly descriptive, like just describing what's around the narrator. Okay, cool. And when you were writing that, did you already have an idea of putting visuals to it or at the time not at all? Yeah. Oh you did. Okay. Yeah. That was a one of the pieces that I, I did have a very clear visual idea behind when I was writing it. Okay. And so how did you decide to get involved in this? Like, was this part of your school or it was something completely separate? So um, Ivana Busso, who's a member of the Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers, taught me in eighth grade. She was my film studies teacher and um, she was filling in a temporary position. So after she left the school, we just kind of became friends. Um, and she was, she kind of became like my film mentor and she, uh, told me and, uh, a classmate about the 48 hour challenge and we were super into it and yeah, everything just kind of came together from there and I started working with the CSIF a bit more. Okay. So this 48 hour film challenge for anybody who might not know, can you describe a little bit of like what it is that you have to do for it? So we, um, (laughs) everyone who signed up just kind of showed up at CSIF at 9am and we were thrown into groups. We could decide who we wanted to group with. Um, I ended up with Yvonne and Duncan, my classmate, and we had, we were there until 9pm, uh, to, yeah, (laughs) to, uh, brainstorm and start shooting if we could. Um, and then same thing the next day. And most of us spent the whole night in between also 
trying to get stuff done. Wow. Yeah, and then at the end of the second day, uh, there was a screening held where everyone sort of watched their films for the first time because we didn't, there wasn't really time for like full screenings for everyone. Yeah. So there were a lot of surprises in front of the audience, <laughs> which was kind of fun. Oh, wow. So was that the first film that you ever made? Yes. Okay. And have you made any since? Uh, yes, I oh, cool. worked with Duncan again for a uh, in a week long summer camp at CSIF, oh. um, where we shot on digital and we made I don't even know what it is like some comedy film um, <laughs> okay. called One of Them's a Murderer. Uh, oh. Yeah, it I was I acted in it, which was really not fun. I hate being in front of the camera. <laughs> um, but also did um, some directing work there, so that was fun. And then just some little projects for school, mm. um, playing around with cameras there, because I don't actually have my own, so any chance that I can get to sort of mess around, I'll take it. Okay, cool. And so, so yeah, so you were the director of I'm Sitting in a White Room, and each person in your group that CSIF put together, you guys each had to take on a certain role. Yeah. And, I mean, did you already, like, initially, did you already think that, oh, what I want to do is be behind the camera? Not really. Everything just kind of fell into place as we were brainstorming. Duncan loves anything to do with cameras, so he sort of naturally fell into the DP role, um, which he's amazing at. I would love to work with him on every film that I make. <laughs> Uh, Yvonne was our mentor because each group was assigned a mentor from CSIF and I because I think I had like the clearest vision of what I wanted it to look like I sort of fell into that directing role and Kevin was awesome and since none of us like to act <laughs> he just stepped up and decided to be our star beautiful so then after experiencing it would you want to direct more oh absolutely oh, that's I great. If I can make a career out of it, I'd love to, but I would just be so happy making little things for the rest of my life. Nice. Okay. And so this film at the 48-hour film frenzy, yeah, <laughs> it was also then submitted to a film festival? Yes, uh, the Artifact Film Festival in Calgary, which is also put on by CSIF. It was called the $100 Film Festival because it used to be a small format celluloid festival with a max budget of $100. Mm -hmm. um, but I think they removed the budget. So now it's just small format celluloid. Okay. From all over the world, which is really cool. We just kind of submitted it just because, and it kind of spiraled from there, and I was not expecting it to <laughs> end up the way it did. And it won some awards. Yeah, it won Audience Choice and Best of Alberta. Oh, that's so great. That's Good for cool. you. And so you were clearly already in interested in filmmaking to even attempt this challenge what uh, what made you decide that you wanted to do filmmaking or be involved in it in any way grade eight film studies wow um, i i don't remember the movie that made me want to get into film but there's there's a few the princess bride was one of them because we watched that one in grade eight and okay. had to write an essay on it and it was it was really cool i think that was one of the first times that i remember like really focusing on each aspect of a movie that I knew really well while I was watching it. Um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's a huge one for me. That was one of my first ventures into more experimental stuff, like compared to, you know, going to see a blockbuster. Sure. 
And then Stand By Me was another huge one for me. Because it was, it had such a huge emotional impact on me. And I think that was one of the best examples I saw of film as a storytelling medium. Oh, very cool. Those are all excellent films. (laughs) Good taste. So it is something that you'd like to pursue further. Yes, absolutely. Are there, I haven't been in high school in a long time. (laughs) Are, Are there film classes at high school that you can take? There were. I took one this past year, and then budget cuts. They had to scratch the program oh. from the school. Um, so, not That's anymore. Oh, <laughs> yeah, what a shame. Okay, so, but you think you would go into it after high school? Yeah, I'm oh, looking at awesome. um, UBC, which is like the whole pipe dream. I oh. <laughs> who knows <laughs> if it'll happen? Just because it's a great area to actually get hands-on experience oh, of course yeah 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 there's such a huge film industry there mm-hmm. that's very cool oh i'm sure you can do it this episode of repodcasting is brought to you by telus world of science edmonton home of the canadian debut of marvel universe of superheroes this exhibition runs from october 19th to february 17th in edmonton alberta It features more than 300 artifacts, costumes, props, and interactive elements to bring the Marvel Universe to life. Travel through the mysterious mirror dimension of Doctor Strange, digitally transform yourself into Iron Man, and pose for selfies with Black Panther, Spider-Man, and other iconic Marvel characters. 2019 marks the 80th anniversary of Marvel. Buy your tickets today at tellusworldofscienceedmonton.ca. If you're coming from outside of Edmonton, there's a hotel deal on their website. This is the only place in Canada right now where you can see this exhibition. Visit tellusworldofscienceedmonton.ca. And now, back to the show. Now, for your film, I'm Sitting in White Room, what was the experience like making it, considering that you guys had this like crazy time constraint, uh, an extreme budget constraint, what was that like? Um, it was really stressful. I think all of us <laughs> fell asleep on the job more than once. Oh. Um, the first day, I think we shot almost everything the first day. Because as soon as we had our idea, it was like lunchtime. So we went out, spent our lunch money on a pack of printer paper and a pack of pens from Staples. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kevin ran home and grabbed a black shirt so we didn't have any logos or anything in it. And... Yeah, it was just kind of like exhilarating. It didn't really, it was really surreal. There was a lot of coffee. I did not sleep (laughs) that whole time. Uh, Yeah, just mostly totally surreal and just this huge adrenaline rush the whole time. (laughs) I can only imagine how you guys feel when you're actually watching it afterwards. Like you haven't slept and... Yeah, (laughs) and seeing some of the, um, because with the in-camera techniques, there's not really much of a way to preview what they're going to look like. So um, messing around with the double and triple exposures, being able to see that with the audience at the end when we were screening, it was so rewarding, like seeing our vision fully come to life on the screen. Nice. I did want to ask, since you brought in the in-camera techniques, so hand processing, what does that mean? We developed the film in a dark room in gloves and big tubs. Oh, wow. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) And then all the editing was like, just cutting and splicing in a little little hand machine. Um, very cool. I know nothing about the, all the equipment and stuff. I'm very, I'm just kind of like really emotionally connected to film. Um, like a good director. <laughs> so I kind of sound like a noob when I'm talking about all the all the equipment and stuff. That's okay. I think there will be people who will be handling the equipment. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, that's what Duncan's for. <laughs> yeah. 
Cool. Okay. So was there anything in particular that like surprised you about filmmaking that you didn't know, but going through it, you learned? I think the frustration was definitely something that I hadn't prepared for because it was like, it was emotional. There was a lot of, there was frustration. There was anger, like working with like only seeing four people basically for 48 hours is tough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I guess the frustration. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I can only imagine. <laughs> so what about it was exactly the same that you expected? Mostly one shot of, that was uh, when we were playing around with double exposure and there was Kevin underneath a bridge outlined, overlaid with an image of the back of his head writing at the desk, which always comes to mind whenever I think of the film because it's one of my favorite shots. And it just makes me so happy that it turned out the way it did. Cool. Okay. Well, one of my questions was initially, what was your casting process? But (laughs) we didn't have one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So in the film you've worked on since, was there any kind of casting happening there? Uh, No, it was just the group that was there to work for the week. So yeah. So that makes it easy. Yeah. For that (laughs) one. You only have certain people to choose from anyway. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. For that one, Yvonne basically told me, if you're going to direct, you need to be in front of the camera. So mm. this is your chance. Okay. Like, All right, I'm doing this now and never again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's good that you got to try it too. Because yeah. if you have to direct people who are going to be in that position, it's good that you've at least done it. Definitely. And that was with a bigger group of people. I think there were seven of us. So definitely a lot more experience with trying to move people around in front of the camera. Okay. Which was really, really cool because we didn't really have that in White Room. Yeah. And I think that was even more frustrating because I'm (laughs) not the greatest with talking. Um, So trying to move that many people around that we just met the day before was super difficult. Of course. Yeah, that's totally awkward. How did you find directing yourself? Uh, (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Uh, Because I couldn't, I can't act. So I wasn't like giving the result that I wanted, you know? Okay. Um, it was definitely nicer with trying to get some of the shots that we had sketched up in our storyboard because I knew exactly, like, where to put my feet and whatnot and didn't have to tell people where to do it. Um, so that was nice, like, knowing what exactly what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, <laughs> I didn't like that it was me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so was that one also on cellulite? No, that was on digital. And it was definitely... I'm not going to say easier, but the editing process was less stressful because there was no guessing. Right. Uh, and we were able to, like, we actually recorded with mics and we were able to sync it to the camera and have, like, clapboard and everything. Ooh, fun. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah, so those are two pretty different experiences. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was really cool to work with. I really liked the sort of surprise element of working with Celluloid. It just made everything so much more rewarding in the end when little things did work out. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So as I mentioned, unfortunately, my co-host Janet is not here, but she did send along a couple questions. Uh, What was the last movie you watched that blew you away and resonated deeply with you? Like recent movies, I loved The Favorite. That one, yeah, that one like just blew me away. I really liked Girlfriends, Claudia wheel i think okay uh 1973 it was a big inspiration for like the mumblecore movement 
Um, so like Francis Ha was it's like super you can definitely see the inspiration from there okay um and i just thought it was a really really neat like understated but powerful film okay Ooh, i've never heard of it i'm gonna have to check that out because i really liked francis huh yeah it's um and he, like there's a couple of shots that you can really see that like greta Gerwig drew inspiration from for ladybird like oh, the, okay the painting scene mm-hmm. in ladybird yeah. um that's almost like a direct reference to girlfriends oh wow that was really cool Oh, nice. Okay. And then who would be your dream film collaborator? Oh. <laughs> Sky's um, the limit. Hmm. Living or dead? I don't know. I'd be super basic and just say David Lynch because I love his style. And he's like a huge, huge influence on for me. Cool. I don't think that's a basic answer at all. <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's awesome. like level two, like when people are getting into <laughs> film, it's like, yeah, number one, I don't know, Spielberg, level two, get a little deeper, Lynch. <laughs> that's cool. Well, he'd be interesting, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah I, wanna, I just want to have a conversation with him. <laughs> okay. And then lastly, in the spirit of repodcasting, tell us about a movie which, in your opinion, might need some recasting. Oh, no. I was... Uh-oh. I knew this question was coming. But it's never, <laughs> I'm not very good at this. <laughs> um, oh, I should have prepared better. I think the only movie that when watching I didn't like the casting that I can like really remember was Gone Girl because I didn't like Ben Affleck in that Um, what a good answer (laughs) (laughs) I like everything else was flawless but I had watched it right after reading the book and I just thought that he I know that Nick is an awful character and you're not supposed to like him but he was so bland Mm -hmm. like every scene with him it was like all right i'm falling asleep when's his sister gonna come on i just want to look at carrie coon (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i i could not agree more maybe you know we've recast that movie already on oh really okay i'm a little bit behind (laughs) okay yeah we actually did that one because we agree with you a hundred percent um both (laughs) janet and i did not go see this movie at the theater even though we had both read the book and really loved it but Ben Affleck. I was like, no, there's no way that I'm going to go see this oh, at the movie theater. Okay. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. I mean, Rosamund Pike was just incredible. I don't know that anyone could play that as well as she did, but yeah, yeah didn't didn't like Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I would cast. So maybe someone with a little more like charm mm-hmm. to play up the, like the publicity scenes a little bit more. Yeah. Cause that was a huge part in the book and he just did nothing in the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. He was just like a rock. Yeah. Like exactly. a lump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to know, I... Let me see if I can remember now. Oh, I recast Sam Rockwell in that role. Oh, good idea. That's a good one. Yeah. And then Janet recast Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, I love that. Both charming. Yeah. More interesting actors. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I can definitely see Jake Gyllenhaal. Repodcasting is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Artists are often underserved at banks because they don't fit a typical profile. Freelance director Michael and actor Nicole kept getting turned down when they tried to take out a mortgage. Then they found ATB's Branch for Arts and Culture, a different approach to banking and lending that caters to the unique situations of people in creative industries. Now Michael, Nicole, and their son Luke have a home they love. If you want to see the rest of their inspiring story, visit atb.com slash Bradleys. And now back to the show. Well, that's it for me. Is there anything you'd like to add about like something that you love about filmmaking or 
something that you want to do in the future? Do you have any ideas for upcoming films? I would love to work with animation. Uh-huh. Um, I think that stop motion is super, super cool. And, you know, don't have to direct actors. Which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I want to maybe step away from voiceover work a little bit. The last project that I did for school was also abstract with a voiceover, and I don't want to, like get stuck in a box. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to work on writing dialogue. Yeah, I I don't know. I haven't... I've been in kind of a creative rut lately since uh, moving and moving schools. There's just been a lot, a lot to think about. So I've mostly been watching movies, not making them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think educating myself right now and like getting a better background of film and film history is definitely going to help in the future. Very cool. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it definitely will. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. If anybody wants to follow you online, do you Uh, like to do that? Do you post stuff about films? Uh, Sometimes. um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my Instagram is looseknots, L-U-C-E-K-N-O-T-S. Same for my Twitter. Yeah. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Looking for tickets to major sporting events, concerts, or theater events in your area? Use the ticket resale site, SeatGiant.ca. SeatGiant is Canadian-owned and operated, and they guarantee every ticket. All of their ticket prices are in Canadian dollars, even for events that are in the U.S. You can use the promo code APN, all lowercase, at checkout to get 5% off your purchase. What does the APN stand for? Alberta Podcast Network, of course. So find more than a million tickets at seatgiant.ca and use the offer code APN to get 5% off at checkout.